I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. I've been reading all the work. And welcome to this episode of Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sales Podcast for Closers. We talk about freight sales here and the entire world of logistics. I am Kevin Hill. I'm your host as always. And I have a very special guest today. It's Mr. Bill Hell. He's the founder and CEO of Fetch Goat. And we're going to talk about last mile. We're going to talk a little bit about LTL and just sales in, in general. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan. Uh, let's listen to uh, listen to this show quite often, and uh, it's it's an honor to be here. So thanks for having me. Thank you so much. It's an honor for having you on here. So Fetch Goat, uh, this is audio only. We can't see the video, but I'm looking at you right now, and I see uh, some some nice artwork of goats uh, on your backdrop <laughs> there, here, and. Yeah. Um, why don't you explain exactly what Feshco is, kind of how the idea formed, and and I always like to ask the aha moment of ah. of when you say, "Oh, I got to run with this." Aha. That that's uh, that's a great question. So so let's start out with what we do. So Feshco um, is built for organizations that use multiple delivery providers, and we are uh, SaaS technology company. So we lay over the top of all your delivery providers. We aggregate all that data and bring it up into one dashboard. And so it really goes in line with that aha moment, uh, which we, we, myself and, and my co-founders had in that, you know, we all come from the industry. We're not just a bunch of technology guys. Um, I mean, people, people that know me will tell you that, <laughs> um, not a, not a great technology guy. Love technology, but um, so we are, we're sales guys, sales guys and operators, um, and of course, software developers. And so <clears throat> myself personally, I've led sales teams, uh, big and small, uh, from very large sales teams uh, in, in large organizations to, you know, building a team from scratch uh, at, at, a, at a tech startup. And one of the things that I always took away, and and I say collectively as a group, we always took away was we would go into a customer's location to meet, and we would go into a conference room, and we would talk about our service, we would talk about our performance, and then we would go outside when we were finished with the meeting to meet with you know the team, and I'm holding up the air quotes here, and the team are those good people in operations or customer service. The ones that we actually really communicated with day to day, you know, we didn't really talk to the decision maker unless there was an issue. Um, and then, however, but the team are the folks that we talk to every day. And that team was responsible for keeping in contact with all the carriers, making sure that the shipments were where they were supposed to be. Did they get active uh, PODs and information from the system? Do they have all the data they need to be able to get a clean uh, and clear delivery receipt? Right. And so, or if it was missing, where was it exactly? And so we looked at that and, and I, I always walked out and, and Kevin, it didn't matter if you were a, you know, $16 billion company, which we do, we have, or you're a smaller startup. Um, you still have to manage that process with people. 
right? Because not because you're broken as an organization, it's because the industry is broken. We, we have so many different technologies and so many different uh, platforms that, uh, the, that the carriers use, it becomes confusing for the customer. And so our aha moment as, as a team was, wow, we think we can automate this. And so, so we did. So we spent, we were all gainfully employed, you know, at the time. And so, um, you know, so, so we just kind of bounced ideas off of each other. I was doing some consulting work, uh, at the time and, and, and others were, were, you know, kind of doing something similar. And, um, so what we, what we did is we, we went to Atlanta and, and we put all these ideas up on a whiteboard and literally in a hotel with, you know, big giant yellow sticky notes and, and, and a couple of whiteboards that we would bring in. And, um, so we figured out a way to automate this process. And so, so we did. So we had the foundation, um, uh, for fetch coat. And at that point we, uh, we coughed up everything we had, you know, in terms of money, uh, all of our life savings and slush funds and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. poker money and all, all that stuff. So we, we all pulled all that. And, uh, so we built, used that to build fetch coat and, um, and then, you know, fast forward a couple of years later, um, you know, we actually, we've got, you know, paying customers on the network and, and, um, things are, things are going quite well. So it's your dashboard for all your metrics when you're running freight. Is that mostly LTL freight or, uh, is there some last mile there, but last mile? Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah, so we're mode agnostic, you know, so it doesn't matter to us. The system is mode agnostic. doesn't matter. Um, you know, so it doesn't matter if you're a courier, um, or if you're an LTL provider, if you're a cartage agent, uh, do- doesn't matter to us. It's, it's data. It doesn't matter if we're in the U S Canada, um, Middle East does, doesn't matter. It's we're, we're moving data, right? So, and, uh, same thing. We, we bring in FedEx, UPS, DHL, you name it. So again, we're just consolidating all that data to eliminate the need of having multiple people manage it for you. So it's a, it's a dashboard. It's a dashboard to uh, to consolidate all this disparated data from different providers and different parts of the process into one one screen, kind of like a one screen yep. solution type exactly. of product that, that everyone talks about. Uh, so it's a white goat. Or does that stand for greatest of all time? Or is that a uh, that, <laughs> that that <laughs> is it? That is it. So when uh, so you know same process. We were, we were in Atlanta in a hotel room and we were trying to come up with a name because we had a couple of really corny names uh, and nothing was really resonating. And so we same thing. We sat in in a room and so we had a couple of things we wanted to accomplish. Number one, we wanted to have a, a formal name, right? So that's spelled mm-hmm. correctly. So it wasn't confusing for people when they try to enter it, uh, the URL. Number two, me being, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I fancy marketing. I love, I'm, I'm always fascinated by marketing. I'm a student of it. I, and, um, and so I wanted, I wanted mascot. I thought it'd be really cool to have a mascot. Yep. I used to work for uh, a company called, uh, a company called Bvex years ago. And, uh, so we had a mascot named Chops that was a big, this big beaver. And it was, it was awesome. The customers loved it. So mm-hmm. I always wanted a mascot. And so, so we were throwing around names and a couple of names that we came up with and we come up, you know, we thought, Hey, what about, what about go fetch? And it was taken. Um, and then we said, okay, what about fetch go? And at the time it was available 
and because it was available, but they wanted like 65 grand for the URL, which it was nuts. Yeah. And so, and, and we were about 65 grand short at the time because <laughs> you just paid the bill of the product. And so, so anyways, uh, so we almost all at once were like, what about fetch goat? What about the goat? You know, the great, the greatest, the greatest of all time, because you can't have a conversation, you know, now today without someone mentioning the goat. So we thought, Hey, let's use it. So we ran with it. And, uh, the, the rest is, the rest is history. It's been, it's been a lot of fun, but the cool thing is, you know, and it, and the, served our purpose because if you Google fetch goat, the only thing that comes up is everything about us. Yep. So it, so it works. It's, 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 it's a beautiful thing. It, it is because it's fetch goat. It's, it's spelled correctly. You know, it's not really confusing and there's nothing, no similar names out there. So yeah, if you Google fetch goat, you're not going to have, you know, uh, transportation it's, services or right. logistics in there because, uh, you know, a, a lot of the industry is kind of the, the same combination of words and acronyms and, and, uh, abbreviations. It's yeah. And, and it's, it's memorable. P- people don't forget it. And, uh, and so we try to, we, we try to put it everywhere. You know, we, we released a, a video, um, a little, little mini commercial, I, I guess, um, from a, from a friend of mine that did it for, uh, for $500. And, uh, you know, so, so, you know, it was definitely done on a shoestring budget, but we've got so much mileage out of that little commercial and, and they had creative fun with it. And, yeah. and that's what we want. You know, we, uh, so we're, we're, uh, uh, an organization. We don't take ourselves personally too seriously. Uh, we want to have fun, but at the end of the day, you know, the technology creates a lot of efficiencies for, for large shippers. And so that was our, that was really our goal is we wanted to create a technology that fetches information, right? With the fetch mm-hmm. part, fetches information, brings it back and reduces the labor and phone calls and emails that go between the shipper and the carrier. And so the shipper now doesn't have to make as many phone calls or send emails so they can, they can reduce costs significantly. And the carrier doesn't have to take in all those phone calls. And, you know, and you, I've been a carrier for 30 years. I, I know, I know we got a ton of people and, and you walk into any office and tell you who, what calls do you dread? They'll tell you exactly which customers those are. And those are customers that you should call fetch code on because. We can help eliminate those phone calls and emails. We all have those customers, right? Especially in the logistics world, we have those high maintenance customers, right? And right. It's, it's, it's usually the lowest margin customers or the, the highest maintenance. It seems like that's a pretty good correlation sometimes. Funny, funny how that works out. Yeah, it is. It, it is very funny how that works out. Uh, we were talking right before we hit record. Uh, about your first job in transportation, and uh, that, that company unfortunately has been making the news for for weeks now, and and it, it still is, and that's a yellow, and um, which filed for bankruptcy. Uh, we're recording this on what is this August second, so Monday, uh, a couple of days ago, they officially filed for bankruptcy. But that was your your first job. Where was that? Lawrence, Kansas, did you say? Yeah. Yeah. That was in Lawrence, Kansas. I was in school and, and, um, or <laughs> trying to be in school. <laughs> and so, so I would go to work at 10 PM, uh, in, in my first, as soon as I'd arrive, 
uh, their outbound shift was wrapping up and it was before inbound started. And, um, and so I would sweep the apron. So that was my first job, pick up all the done and square away all the done is getting ready for the inbound shift. And then after, once I finished that, got everything all nice and tidy, I would head over to the shop and, uh, and I would steam clean engines. And, um, and so I think, you know, I, I still have grease and crevices that, uh, you know, that will find its way <laughs> out. I mean, it, that was a dirty job. Um, but, but, you know, I, um, you know, went on, went on school, went into the, to the military after that into the Navy. And, um, and then it's interesting. I went back to, you know, back into trucking, um, you know, with, with the largest was with, with ABF, which is yellow's primary competitor, but there's always a soft spot in my heart for, for yellow freight for, you know, hiring me at, at that age. And, uh, and it was, it was sad to see their demise. You know, that was a, a huge, huge company, but what a tremendous business lesson. Um, but nonetheless, no matter how you shake it out, there's still 30,000 families that were, that were impacted, you know, by the closure of it. And, um, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think that our uh, mentions of yellow freight are going to be over for quite some time. I think they're going to be, uh, in the news quite frequently. I, I do too. I, I think it's a sword that uh, it's been a long time. I want to say a long time coming. It's, it's been a slow moving type of yeah. ordeal over the years of, of struggles but yeah there's a lot of business cases in there um mm-hmm. you know union versus non-union compete competition wise acquisitions uh scaling uh though there's been a lot of lessons learned and um but yeah it will be a, a new story that that still dominates for for the rest of the summer into the fall Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, and probably even beyond that, you know, I don't know if I'm, I'm sure you follow a lot of the threads that you see out there. And so there's, uh, you know, there's, there's those different stages of grief that happen. And I think that we're, once we start rapidly, and I think we're approaching that anger part of grief. Yeah. And as soon as the anger thing, there's going to be a lot more finger pointing at, you know, what was done with the money and where did the money go? And, um, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna get ugly, unfortunately, but you know, at the end of the day, it, it certainly doesn't help any of the 30,000 families that are, that are displaced in in a very tough economy. It, it is, it's very tough economy. And yeah, I mean, 30,000 is such a, such a huge number. And I think the wind down to leading into bankruptcy was, it was a little bit chaotic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw a report, I, I just saw the headlines on, on freight waves, and it was uh, the logistics department, Yellow Logistics, uh, everyone was terminated there. Mm-hmm. And that seems like it, you know, I'm not going to, I don't know what's going to happen to the 3PL portion of that, but the, that was an asset that um, had a lot of value and oh, yeah. could have been sold, but it seems mm-hmm. like it didn't get sold. And now it looks like from from the article that it's, it's just going away because everyone that they, they terminated everybody. So now that's in chaos as well. Yeah, no. And, and yeah, that, that'll be interesting to see. And I, I saw the same article. That'll be, that'll be very interesting to hear play out because just, just like the shirt, you know, you're, you're currently wearing, I know we're not on camera, but uh, the arc best shirt you're wearing uh, their logistics divisions has done amazing things. Mm-hmm. And those, those folks, um, I mean, and they, they still also operate, you know, now I guess the largest, uh, the largest union trucking company yeah. in the country now, the Yellowstone. 
and um, you know the, between them and T Force. So, yeah, I think um, I think a lot's going to come out of that because that was one piece that they certainly could dangle and sell, um, you know, to buy them some time, at least buy them, you know, a little bit of runway, um, mm-hmm. and and return maybe a little bit of shareholder value, but um, yeah, it it um, yeah it was it, it's tough. May, who knows? So, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, shareholder value or creditor value uh, as well. Or, right? or yeah, yeah. Uh, we forget about the seven hundred million dollars that they uh, <laughs> of debt they had plus. I know. So, uh, in, in transportation, I, I'd like to to ask you this, Bill. What's been one of the most valuable lessons you've learned in sales uh, during your your tenure? Right, something that sticks with you. Uh, maybe it's a motto, maybe it's a uh, frame of mind, maybe it's a strategy. Um, but if you had to tell somebody out there, what, what would that lesson be? Become a student of business. Um, I, I teach every salesperson or every sales team that, uh, that I get the opportunity to work with about business. We have, uh, I, matter of fact, I, I even have, you know, of training that I've built over the years and it's teaching the basics of business. And I learned that from, uh, from some, uh, some mentors of mine throughout my career that until you really truly understand, um, you know, where, uh, how a customer thinks and why, um, you're not going to be able to deliver value for them. And so understanding, you know, what that, uh, what that CEO thinks about, you know, in the morning when they get up, what's the first thing they look at? Well, they look at, um, you know, revenue from previous day and what their cash position is. What does our cash flow look like today? Uh, and, and what was our revenue from last night? That's the, that's the vast majority of them. But understanding also, uh, how to get to that budget level decision maker. And you can talk to all the, you know, traffic managers and transportation managers, but until you are actually having a conversation with the person that owns that budget, you're not going to move the needle because eventually that decision is going to have to go to them. And so if you can position your product or service to that person that, that owns that budget and you can show them how you can move your, their product forward, then, then you got something. You do have something there. Um, you have to get to the decision maker. You, you started out um, or, or earlier in the conversation talking about the team, right? You got the decision maker and the team, and you need buy-in from from both of those, right? Uh, but, sure. but you, you know, you have to get to that decision maker. Um, but then again, you have to coordinate with those uh, champions, as they say, uh, in, yeah. in, in well, the business, right? Yeah, show show them how your product's going to make their job better, you know, and yeah. and not not eliminate their product. How it's going to make it better and more efficient. And, um, gosh, imagine if you could, you know, manage exceptions from a dashboard versus having to pick up and call a carrier and log it on a spreadsheet and then, you know, <laughs> do your analysis on a spreadsheet before you can make a decision. Let, let the system do the heavy lifting. It's 2023. I know, right? It's twenty. It should be easier. It should be easier. Yeah. You shouldn't have, you know. And, and I work with. I, I probably I'm sitting here looking at eight tabs open on this browser. I got two yeah. other browsers with uh, at least eight, you know, tw- twenty four of twenty five tabs open at any one time, and it's it's a confusing mm-hmm. mess. I, I can't hardly think straight at, at, at all. Um, 
So you start out in, in transportation, you're selling the shippers, right? And you're still yes. kind of selling, you're, you're probably selling the shippers now too, but you're also selling to, to transportation. Do I have that right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Both classes, they're, they're, right? Mm-hmm. Is it easier? And I just say this is it easier selling technology. Um, well, first of all, technology shippers or transportation services to shippers. And then secondly, um, is it easier selling to, to transportation providers since you came from that world? Providers is much easier. Um, and, and the reason, the reason why is we, we can, I can have a conversation with, you know, with a, a, a regional provider because I've been there, I've been a regional mm-hmm. provider. So, you know, we can, we can, we can talk the talk and, uh, cause they know we've, we've done it before. And so those, those are much easier. And then we show them how we can help you help remove costs out of the organization, you know, and right now you have, you know, four people that are doing nothing but answering inbound phone calls and emails and tracking down PODs and going out to the storage unit and digging through an old banker's box, looking for a POD from mm-hmm. two years. Um, you know, so all of those things we can help drive efficiencies with, with the technology. And the best part, if you're a, a carrier and, and so if a shipper has, um, is using you as a carrier, it, being on fetch code doesn't cost you a thing. So we never, mm-hmm. we made it a point when we built the technology that we, we don't charge the carriers because the carriers, are the ones that are getting beat up every single day for every penny, you know, and they've yep. got to do the work. They have to do the work. And so, you know, but they're getting, they're trying to get every penny uh, they can a- out of the carrier. Uh, so everyone else, including the three PLs, you know, can, so everyone can protect their margin. And so we made it a conscious effort. Look, we want to do everything in our power not to be able to charge the carrier. Now, there's some cases where if you're a large carrier and you're built on a network of agents and you want to, you want to bring fetch code in to help you manage your, your delivery agents throughout the country, then that's a different story. Um, but you know, we can do, we can do so much form at that point. Um, but yeah, from a, from a, car- a carrier or shipper standpoint, it's, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's not difficult, uh, but you got to be able to show, show them the value of how you can save them money. And so, you know, we had a, an ROI study created that, uh, we delivered to them and, and show them exactly how we saved them money. And, um, you know, it's a tough market out there now because everyone is so can, you know, so strapped down for costs, but, um, if you can deliver something that can help make you more efficient, right? Or help save you money, then you're essentially moving, moving forward, moving that organization forward. So, you know, they are certainly willing to listen and, and, uh, and hear you out. But yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're moving the ball forward. So things are going okay. Yeah. I, and I think it goes back to, um, you know, sales training and to what you're talking about before where, you, you have to know what the CEO wakes up and thinks about each day. Um, being an expert in business, I, I think it's sales is easier once you move from one end. Okay, so so and you, you're working in a role, right? Mm-hmm. And then you move over, becoming a salesperson, selling to that role, right? right. Like sell to for for me, selling the shippers insanely difficult, right? Always insanely difficult. I started selling to, I was a freight broker, right? So I started selling to freight brokers 
Well, mm-hmm. I know exactly what what they're thinking, right? I know what their yeah. the pain points are. I, I know how that business is run. You know, I don't have to to, to guess. You know, my research is basically already done uh, from experience uh, in, in most yeah. cases, right? I can go in and talk to, to any freight broker out there. And, um, and I see that in other industries, right? Where you were the customer and now you're the vendor serving that in, in any industry. And it just makes it immensely easier to, to to operate that way. It it does, you know, and, and what's, what's great, even on the shipper side, you know, even on the shipper side, if you take away the product that they deliver and you just boil it down to the business, just fundamental business, and no matter what they do, right, they're at the end of the day, they are a vehicle trying to make money, right? So it doesn't yes. matter what vehicle they are. They're a vehicle trying to make money. And so if you, if you break it down in that regard and, and look at it as trying to help that person achieve their goal, whether that decision maker is, what are those triggers that'll help them make that bonus or, or come in under budget or whatever their goal is? How can we do that? And it really comes down to, you know, cost, cost reduction measures and efficiencies. How can they become more efficient and how can they become more efficient at a lesser cost? And, and Fetchco does that for them. And so that's, that's how we usually position when we talk to our shippers. Yeah. I, I forget the, the author's name, how to be a rainmaker. It's, it's very short oh, yes. book, really great insights. I don't know. I, I recommend it to, to anybody out there. And, and one of the little chapters is you're not selling a product. You're not selling a widget. You, you're selling ROI, basically. Mm-hmm. You're, you're selling money and right. to frame everything in money terms, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not your features and benefits almost and, and getting bogged down in that. You're selling somebody opportunity to make money. And whether right. that's reducing costs or growing revenue, that's what, what your pitch needs to be centered around to them. Yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, it's, it's for, for an organization, it's a really a temporary investment because the, the ROI pays, pays for itself in four and a half months, 4.2 months to be exact. So 4.2 months, the system pays for itself. So you're making a, a, a minor investment in technology and then the payback's coming. So it's coming, which is, which is always good. And then you have the ROI, then you have the emotional part of the, the buying process too, where, um, yeah, I think you've probably been in this position somewhere where you have very clear defined ROI. It's almost illogical not to accept your offer, but just doesn't get accepted because you have that emotional oh. part of the, the, the buying yeah. process or that, that risk portion or, or whatever it may be that that's frustrating to a lot of salespeople. But, um, I, I've been in that position a couple of times. Yeah, no. And, you know, we, we learned a very valuable lesson, which, you know, we're still, we're still reeling from now. I had a, you know, meeting with, with, uh, you know, our lead investors and, you know, one of the things that we did early on was we were focused on very large enterprise customers because we felt we could bring them the most benefit um and there's a lot of other ways outside of just you know cost reduction on on the headcount side there's a lot of other benefits that we can do depending on your uh depending on your the industry um but you know we were going after very large uh, organizations and the downside of that is that's a very long sales cycle 
And then yes. you can get them to say, you can get everyone in the room to nod your head in the same direction. And then, you know, seven months later, you've got a contract, <laughs> you know? And so it, it's, uh, that, and that it could be seven be months later, long. you get the first draft of the contract. It, yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. You, it takes you know, seven but, months but, for the red lines. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, it, it can be, it can be daunting. And so, you know, you just, from that standpoint, you, you rely on, you rely on your, uh, your relationship and say, look, let's go ahead and get started with the integration. Let's get everything going. We're not going to let the contract stand in the way. Let's get going today. So we can. I think when you talk about technology SaaS, I, I think, and, and also transportation sales, right? You want that, that big, sexy name on your board, on, on your customer list. But those take forever to land. And if you're a tech startup, you, you want the huge enterprise accounts, but oftentimes you don't have the cash to burn to get to that point two or three years out. You need wins early on to generate that cash, generate that adoption and that feedback circle that you need to iterate your product, right? You've obviously been speaking with my investors. So <laughs> we, we, uh, yeah, no, look, we, we learned that lesson, you know, early on that, you know, cause we were, we were going after some big, and, and we went after and landed some big logos. I mean, some really, really big logos. And however, that, um, the implementation takes much longer. Um, the order, order to cash, if you will, um, is, is a, is a longer period of time. And so, you know, we, we've made a, made a shift over, uh, you know, and, and really focused on the mid-sized companies that are either that are in growth mode or, you know, need help from a compliance or visibility standpoint. And we found a couple of industries, um, that, that are working out fantastic for us. We can accomplish that, but still have, still have the pipeline, you know, required and, uh, you know, in order to, to meet our objectives. And so the, um, you know, what we, what we learned is yes, we, we, the technology was able to grab a couple of, uh, large, you know, multinational, uh, shippers that, um, names everybody recognizes. And so now that we had those, we could just point to the skins on the wall and say, Hey, look, we have these now. And, um, you know, so we've been through this process. So you, you can trust that, that our stuff works and it's, and it's working darn well. It's so it's the credibility, right? And that's a that's yeah. a huge thing. Whenever you you start your own business, whether that's VC backed or, or something out of your garage, is it's that credibility, and it, it just takes time to get there. You have to work on ways to compress that time down as yeah. short as possible, but it's still a process, and you have to go through a few different stages to to get to that point. And I guess it's right. it's all amount of how much time it takes to get from oh. A to Z, but you got to go through that Kevin, process. Kevin, you're so right because, and, and, you know, don't forget, it's also a juggling act too. Well, you're in full development, you know, full development mm -hmm. of the product. And then you land a, a whale and that whale says, we love the product, man. This is great. You know, what would be great if we could do this? And then, so now you've yeah. got all the developers that are trying to, to appease appease the customer and try to build out those small things, but those small things tend to add up. And so, yeah, 
It's, um, you know, you have all the development side of building an organization or recruiting and, and all of those things. You've got a lot of plates spinning at, at the same time. And then, uh, you know, throw in a, a large enterprise shipper and, and the demands that come with a large enterprise shipper. And then, yeah, that, that gets to be, that gets to be a daunting task. And so, you know, speed in this, in, in this world really matters and you, you appreciate it. But to your point, you have those, you have those trophies, those large uh, trophies on the wall to point to. And, and it even helps even better if they're referenceable. You know, if you yes. can build that relationship where it's a referenceable customer uh, at that size is, means everything for, for a mid-sized shipper. And I, I think another lesson in that is is the, the feedback loop, right? And where we're talking about SaaS and, and startup right now, but it's still, you know, whether you're a carrier or a freight broker in the services that, that you offer, um, it is you, you want feedback to improve your product from from your customers and your users, but you have to be selective about what's useful feedback to to include and what's not so useful. And um, because if you take everything, not only does it suck a lot of resources, but yeah. you you come out at the the at the end of the day with a product that is just unwieldy because you, right. you're, you're tailoring it to, to everyone's little request. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't, it's not scalable at that point. Yes. And so, you know, um, our, our, you know, a good, well, actually mentor of, of mine, Mark Tuckman, um, and it also happens to be our, our lead investor. He, he's like, keep it simple, Billy, keep it simple. And he's right. You know, we get, yeah. we could build the fanciest stuff, but you know, at the end of the day, like most technologies that are out there, People are only after it for a very specifically focused um, problem that helps them solve. And um, and so if we keep it at that and quit, you know, adding on these components all over it, then, um, you know, and just keeping it simple and, you know, focus at the core solution at hand, we're going to be okay. So it's, it's so hard. It's hard to do when you have, you know, big, <laughs> big customer, you know, chirping at you making that request. It is very difficult to do. It, it is. Um, I, I guess we'll leave it with this, Bill. Uh, if you're to uh, to give advice to, to anyone out there who is just now starting in freight sales and uh, and certainly the, the market we're in right now, what advice would that be? Oh, you you need to learn your customer's business and learn how your solution is going to help them reach their goals. And so that means you have to get above. That uh, that entry, not the entry level position, but you need to get to a decision maker, one that owns the budget, right? One that's directly impacted with the budget, and you need to find out what their goals are, and then what your solution can, how your solution can help them reach their goals. And and it's okay to say the word bonus, you know? How do you earn your bonus? And then well, I've got we have to meet our you know our quarterly numbers, and you know how are you performing to that? So it's okay to do that. And, um, so we're, uh, like I said, we're, we, we tried our best to build the technology around that, but it's, uh, e easier said than done when you're a young salesperson. So, but don't, don't be afraid to get in there and ask questions. It is. And I'll take a step further because it's easier to do that and, and get that, what they call ICP, right? 
mm-hmm. on a specific niche or industry because there's going to be a lot of similarities between company A, B, and C, and D. You know, if you're talking about steel companies, right? If you're only talking to steel companies, there's going to be a lot of similarities between uh, those goals, those budgets, those bonuses. Uh, but if you're call- talking to the mm-hmm. steel companies over here and then CPG companies over here and the refrigerator, yeah, it's, it's un- unwieldy and it's hard to know at all. But if you stick with that that one niche, yes. uh, it's, it's much easier to uh, to accelerate that learning curve. Yeah, it, you're right. It, it is. And, and, and you become an expert. You know, yes. and, and that's your that's really your goal. I, I think I believe anyway, is your goal as a salesperson is not to be a person that sells a product or a service, but you want to position yourself to be a trusted advisor. You know, they need to come to you and, you know, for information and, um, you know, an assistance. And so that's that should be your goal is how do I get from a salesperson to a trusted advisor? And, and this, this is what we talk about a lot here as well, right? You want to start day one in your career as a salesperson and get to the consultant, the advisor, and that's yeah. success. Money will follow that. Don't don't worry about the numbers. Don't, don't worry about that. You can go from the, the cold caller, not knowing anything, to the consultant. Good things will happen. Yeah, it will. But but remember you and you've done it. You've done it too, Kevin. That. Nothing happens until you pick up that phone. <laughs> exactly right. Nothing, Nothing is going to happen until you have a voice-to-voice conversation with that customer. And yeah, so, exactly no, right. I don't care how, what kind of email you write or what kind of magic that you can send. I mean, nothing's going to happen until you have a voice-to-voice conversation. Exactly. So don't be afraid to pick up the phone. Yeah. Don't be afraid to do that, and, and good things will follow that's right. Good things will follow for sure. Well, Bill, thanks for, for joining me today on, on Put That Cough Down. It's been a pleasure. Um, if if our audience listeners want to, to reach out and contact you directly, learn more about FetchGoat, how do they do that? Uh, LinkedIn is the best way. Uh, we spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. Uh, and so first and foremost, go and follow FetchGoat. Uh, we, we put out a lot of good contact. You're, you're able to learn you know, not only how, how we help biz- different businesses, but a lot of it's going to apply to you. So follow us on Fetchcoat. Uh, come, you can reach us at, uh, at, on our website at fetchcoat.com. And then, um, of course, connect with me on LinkedIn. I- I'd love to connect with you because I'm always intrigued and student of business and love to learn more about your business. Perfect. Thank you so much. And this is going to wrap up for this episode of Put That Coffee Down. You can go download any of our past episodes on either Freightcast, which has all the Freight Waves podcasts, or our own channel at Put That Coffee Down. You can also catch episodes on YouTube. Uh, but until then, go out, make some sales, make some margin, enjoy life. I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. I've been reading all the work.